Hello, and welcome into the CBL Fantasy Football Show. I'm your host, MC33. the halfway mark of the regular season in the CBL and the log jam effect is real not a lot of movement based on last week but this week maybe offers the possibility for change and uh, that could mean some teams get knocked down a little bit and that could mean a boost for some others like I said we're at the halfway point and we're all just trying to get seven wins because we know seven wins will qualify for the playoffs as it always has and uh, yeah let's get into week eight matchups Right, the week seven recap. There was really only one really close matchup this week. There were some big blowouts too, um, and then just some other ones, you know, with about 15, 20 point wins. So uh, some teams got some much needed wins, and a couple, um, you know, maybe had some losses that that didn't necessarily hurt them. It kind of kept them where they're at, but just made it closer. You know, no one really separated themselves. And uh, like I know for me getting that win was huge just to stay where stay where I was. And I think some other guys were in the same boat where they just want to stay with the group they're at currently. They don't want to drop out. You know, you never want to be in that bottom four area. You want to always be in the top six. So just getting into the recaps here, specifically with the matchups, I beat Cade in my matchup 162.41 to 84.55. This was uh, It was total domination. You know, Cade had his worst week of the year, and I had one of my best. And you kind of, as a fantasy player, don't like when that happens, actually, because you'd rather have one of your best when your best is needed, not, you know, when you're you're going to win easily. You know, Cade's team really got got bit by the bye weeks. And, uh, you know, his team has done this a few times this year. When it's on, it's really on, and he scores a lot. And when he's down, it's kind of low scoring. Like I said, it didn't really help him that he had some key guys that he just traded for on bye. You know, maybe he was, you know, with the with the lead that he had, in the regular season standings. I mean, he didn't even drop out of first place. He still got the tiebreaker on Brian, even with that low score. So in hindsight, that trade really could have paid off for him, but definitely in our matchup, it did hurt him. I'm on a three-game win streak, so that that's big for me, you know, especially after starting 0-4. I've got life in my, my team right now, and uh, if I could make it four this week, that could be huge. You know, I could stay ahead of Nate in the playoff picture um, and maybe jump a guy if someone could lose. So um, hopefully get another win this week. Brian beat Rabe in the, in the matchup number two. He beat This was the close one. He beat him 132.99 to 132.3. So it's like the third straight close loss to, to Rabe uh, or for Rabe. Um, like I said, another close one. It came down to the final drive of Sunday Night Football, Miami Dolphins, Pittsburgh Steelers, and John has Deontay Johnson on his team. He rosters Deontay Johnson and started him. And on the very last play, he was targeted. And if he even just gets a catch, um, I think he was targeted in the end zone, so it would have been a touchdown. But even if he just gets a catch, he's going to beat Brian. But it was an interception, and uh, 
yeah, the game was over. It's just been a brutal stretch for John. He's got a really good team, but he finds himself with a losing record. You know, he's three and four. He's just ahead of me um, in, in the standings. And uh, a loss this week could knock him out of the playoff picture right now. So um, it's a weird deal. He's, he's got a good team. Got hit hard by the Bipocalypse, though. Brian continues to have a really strong season. He's got a good mix of big scoring weeks and then other weeks where, um, you know, if he's having a bad week, the team he's playing struggles. So, um, you know, it's it's better to be lucky than good, but he is having a really good season and done a lot of good things. Um, and he sits at 5-2, and two, tied with Cade for first in the league. Keaton beat Dan 160.19 to 117.09. The year of Keaton continues. His team has continued to just this trend of having two or three really strong performances from players while the other ones struggle. This week it was Joe Burrow and Josh Jacobs combined for like 90-some points. And he basically having those makes up for any bad performances from other guys. You know, Amon Ross St. Brown got hurt right away. Um, but it doesn't matter when Josh Jacobs scores the, enough for three players, you know. Uh, it was a rough week for rough week for Dan um, on the scoring front, but even worse was he lost his stud rookie running back Brees Hall to a torn ACL. So that was definitely an advantage of Dan's team. He had three, you know, running backs who were ranked really high in in any kind of season rankings or anything like that. Um, and now he's only got the two. Uh, he's leading the league in points against this season, and that's never a good feeling. You know, everyone's having really good weeks against Dan. So especially if he's gonna if he's gonna have a down week like he did this week. You know, everyone's just dominating against him. So it's been tough for him. He's sitting at two and five. Nate beat Todd 132.01 to 114.32. And Todd set his lineup. So that was great. Maybe, you know, he's listening to the podcast. That's awesome. You know, Nate had a few high scoring guys on the on the bench, but the rest of his team was was good enough and, and he was able to get enough points to beat beat Todd's squad. Todd's team just continues to struggle to put points on the board. You know, he's got solid players. Uh, and just he just didn't have any touchdowns. You know, he didn't have any touchdowns this week, and it's hard to get up into the 140s, 150s if you're not getting multiple guys a touchdown. So it was a big win for Nate. You know, he gets to stay at three and four just in that, you know, outside edge of the playoffs. So um, had he lost that one, that would have been one that would hurt him for sure. And then finally, Quinn beat Cody 126.45 to 117.32. And I got to ask, how are both those teams four and three? You know they they don't they don't look that formidable. Um, they struggled, um, and they and they each were carried by a thirty point guy. Quinn had Aaron Jones, and Cody had Patrick Mahomes. Um, just really, what it came down to is, is Quinn just had a little bit more positional point advantage. You know his running backs outscored Cody's by a pretty wide margin, and then Quinn's receivers, who aren't amazing, had really solid days. When Cody's, who aren't his receivers, who aren't amazing, were really bad and they struggled. So that was a key part of the win, but. Um, you know, two really low scoring weeks for those guys. And, you know, I'm joking. They're, they've had really good weeks, so I can see why they're four and three. But, you know, when when you are have a, a worse record than them and you put up 160 points, you do have to just ask, you know, like, hey, what the heck? Um, how are you guys four and three? So that's a recap for this week. All right, in the power ranking standing section of this show uh, this week, we've got you know not, I would I would say the standings haven't changed. You know they they kind of stayed the same from what they were last week. You know just the, there's a couple more numbers added to the records, but the power rankings I did shake it up a little bit. So um, again, the standings have Cade and Brian tied for first at five and two, 
Uh, Cade's got the edge on points scored, even with the down week last week. Cody and Keaton and Quinn are in the 3-4-5 spot at 4-3. and three. Rabe's at 3-4, and four, just barely in the playoff picture right now. And I, Nate and I are also at 3-4. and four. So a win for Nate or myself, we play each other this week, a win for us and a, and a loss for Rabe would drop him all the way into that 7 or 8 spot, depending on what the scoring night is like uh, for, for that team. And then finally at 9-10, and 10, we got Dan and Todd at 2-5, and five, and they play each other this week. So one of them is is going to have a game lead on the other in that 9 and 10 spot. Power rankings, I did do it a little differently. Um I have I have Cade and Brian at 5 and 2 in the top spot. You know, Cade had a really down week, but I'm going to give Cade's team a pass just because of the fact that he has made some trades and the, some of the key guys he traded for were on by. So he was playing some guys that he might not normally play. And Mark Andrews, particular one of his positional advantage guys at the tight end spot, had his worst week probably not just of this year, but of the last maybe three or four years in fantasy. Um, and there just was not a lot going for Cade this week. He's had the potential to have really big weeks, so I still kept him in first. And then Brian's just had a really good year, so I put him in second. I put Keaton all the way up in the three spot. I've got to respect Keaton's team. You know, he's just having a really good year, um, getting a lot of points. Uh, and, and had lots of different guys step up. So he he said at the beginning of the year it was the year of Keaton, and you know as of now, he's having one of the better years he's had in the history of the CBL. Same with Brian too. Uh, at the fourth spot, I got Rabe at three and four. I do have a losing record guy at three and four in the fourth spot, just because I think we all know how good Rabe's team is. He just has had some really close losses, and last week he lost by point six nine, and he had so many of his best players on by. Uh, I I, th- I just think Rave's team is better than what his record is. I did put Cody in the five spot of four and three. Uh, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I'm not really a believer in Cody's team, um, but he, he does have the wins at four and three. I put myself at, in the sixth spot at three and four, um, and I know Quinn has a four and three record, but I think that my team has had you know a three-game win streak. I'm trending up a little bit. Um, had had two of the last three weeks where I've had you know, 160 points um, in my in week. What did I have in week six? Um, in week six, I had 125. You know, that stat correction game. But you know, I've had two of the last three weeks where I've had the top score in the league. So um, definitely think my team can can has shown a little bit more. And Quinn's team has been good at, uh, at the beginning of the year, but it's kind of struggled lately. In the eighth spot, I did keep Nate right where he is in the standings, and then the ninth spot, Dan, and then the tenth spot, Todd. So a lot could change after this week. Um, like I said, I got some losing record teams in the in the top six spots in the power rankings, but um, depending on how this week goes, some things can change. So that's the power rankings and the standings for week eight. All right, each week I'm going to review the most impactful transactions in a segment called Transaction Train, and that is this segment right here. So there weren't a whole lot of transactions to this point. I don't know if there's any trades out there brewing or anything like that. There have been more trades this year in the CBL. I think that has been um, directly related to the fact that we're no longer doing keepers. So uh, it's cool to see the league kind of active and um, trying to make moves to increase their chances of win a title. You know, Because if you're trying to win the title next year because of your keepers, that's really kind of foolish because you should be trying to win this year. Because next year you have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, anyway, um, let's rank the three most impos- the three most impactful transactions. 
In the number three spot, I got Cade picking up Gus Edwards. He did that after the show um, last week and before um, before before this past week's matchup. And there was a news report that came out right before the game that Gus Edwards was not only active, but he was going with the first team offense. So he didn't really play the whole game. He, you know, his snap percentage was kind of low, but he did have two touchdowns. He had a big game. I'm glad Cade did not play him and played Kenyon Drake instead. So, uh, but he looks to be kind of a guy who's going to get a lot of work, especially with J.K. Dobbins maybe going on season-ending IR. In the number two spot, uh, I, I put this on here. It wasn't an ad or a trade, but I, I do think it's impactful. Dan having to drop Brees Hall um, to, to to waivers for the year. You know, now that we don't have keepers, there's really no reason to keep Brees Hall on the team. It's just kind of kind of a again a move that really could hurt Dan's team. It was already struggling. Uh, but you know Dan's advantage was his three running backs. So if there was ever going to be something he could trade for, you know, a big asset, um, th- those were his big assets. And now you just don't have as as much of a triumvirate there um, with Jonathan Taylor, uh, Kenneth Walker, and David Montgomery. You know because Brees Hall was just he was having a really good season as a rookie, and uh, David Montgomery hasn't been as good, and Kenneth Walker has been really good lately, but. Um, you know, how, how consistent will that be? So anyway, I just kind of felt like that was impactful for Dan and others. And then the number one, Brian picking up Dante Foreman from the Carolina Panthers and Michael picking up Chuba Hubbard. Um, we, we made this transaction again, um, and uh, we each picked up the other guy. So last week I picked up Dante Foreman and dropped him for um, for somebody um, and, and for Isaac, Isaiah Pacheco from the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, Brian picked up Chuba Hubbard and dropped him. But now we've got the others. And, again, it'll just be impactful to see, you know, two guys, two teams who who need some running back depth to see if any of these guys can be solid. They were pretty good on Sunday against a stout Tampa Bay running defense, so a rushing defense. So um, we'll see if either of these guys can pan out for us and maybe which one will be better. I kind of feel like Deontay Foreman is going to be the better one. So I'm a little bit bummed that I actually had him and then dropped him, and now I've got Chuba. But uh, we'll see what happens in the long term here. So that's the transaction train for week eight. And now a word from our sponsors. Yeehaw! Come on over to Fran's Kitchen for some of Fran's famous flapjacks. He's the rootinest, tootinest pancake maker on this side of the Hour River. He knows what you boys need after a long night of Halo 2. Pancakes and bacon and some orange juice too. What's that you said? You didn't play Halo 2? You just played The Sims and Icy Tower all night on one computer? Well, hell, we'll still make you them flapjacks. Fran's Kitchen will get you all full on a Sunday so you can nap and have your parents question whether you slept at all. All right, matchup number one. We got Rabe sitting at three and four. Gosh, how is he three and four? Versus Cody at four and three. Gosh, how is Cody four and three? Um, you know, th- these are these are two guys who maybe have overachieved and underachieved. So uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if they can get to, you know, can John get the win? and force these two to be 500 where he will leapfrog Cody on points scored or will Cody get the win um, and kind of continue to separate himself from the, the groups around 500 and drop John below someone like Nate or me. So we'll have to see what happens here. Some talking points for this matchup. You know, Rabe's team barely lost last week when he was on the Bipocalypse. And now – he he's got his guys back so he looks scary again you know he's i don't get too much into projections but he's projected to score 150 points just with his team back 
Uh, it's too early to say what Cody's team will be like. Um, in fact, as this recording is happening, he is dropping players and making moves and setting his lineup. So let me just take a look at his lineup right now and see if it's changed because earlier when I made my doc, he did not have he's, – he's currently moving guys around as we speak right now. So um, it's too early to say what his team will look like on Sunday. You know, he's got lots of moves to make and lineups to set. Um, but he's going to need a big week, uh, and he's going to need Rabe's week to Rabe's team to have a down week and underperform. He'll need big weeks from guys like Nick Chubb and Dalvin Cook. You know, maybe some of their biggest weeks of the year. Nick Chubb has had those early on. He hasn't had them lately. Dalvin Cook has had good weeks, but we haven't had like a thirty or thirty-five point game from Dalvin yet. Cody's going to need one of those because you know he's going to get forty-five to fifty points from his receivers minimum. And it could be up in the 60s. So, uh, and he's got Saquon Barkley, who's just been a stud. Who who would you rather? What running back would you want to have more than Saquon Barkley this year? He's just been so consistent. So, I think as a prediction, I think I have to pick John's teammate because they can't keep underachieving, right? I don't think they. I don't think so. I think he wins this week. Uh, I'm going to pick John. Matchup number two: Brian at five and two versus Keaton at four and three. These are two perennial toilet bowl members who traditionally have not been very good in fantasy, but they're having really strong years. So I've got to give credit where credit's due. You know, Brian's having probably his best start in the history of the CBL. Uh, and Keaton's just having a really strong start too. And both these guys have been working hard. Brian actually has been working hard to solve his running back two problem all year. You know, he's, what can I do? Who can I play in this spot? to score the most points and have success. Um, and he hasn't like totally solved that yet, but this week he's going to have to, because the reason he hasn't had to solve the running back two problem is because he's had Austin Eckler, who's been the best running back in fantasy and he's scoring enough points for two guys. So it would be great to be able to play him this week, but he's on by and Brian's going to have to basically play some guys that are maybe not, very fun to play in, in those running back slots. And can they have big weeks? If they can, that's going to really help Brian. Uh, Keaton's riding the Joe Burrow wave right now. Joe Burrow's had back-to-back just crazy good performances. And me as the Jamar Chase, um, the, 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 person, the team with Jamar Chase on it, I'm pretty happy with that. I want him to keep doing it. Uh, and it's made up for the lackluster performances from Keaton's wide receivers. These teams are kind of opposite in that way. You know, Keaton's got question marks at wide receiver. He's got guys who should be good, but they either get hurt or don't have good weeks. And Brian's got great wide receivers, but Keaton's got pretty solid running backs, and Brian's got question marks there at running back. So making sure that, you know, Keaton want, if Keaton really wants this to be the year, Keaton, he's going to make some – he's got to make some moves to get better wide receivers, more consistent guys, guys who are, you know, getting targeted, getting – have touchdown upside – um, he's got to do that if he wants to to make a long long term play. I do also think that you know he's got DeAndre Swift who hasn't been able to really play this year. Amon Ross St. Brown that's been hurt. How long can you keep playing these guys that are getting injured or not being active? So Keaton's got some things to do. And like I said, the opposite is true for Brian. He's got a great wide receiver tandem of Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams, and then Michael Pittman and his flex who could have a good game here and there. And this would be a great week for those guys to boom if he wants to beat Keaton. He's going to have to make up for the Austin Eckler, uh, the, the the points that Austin Eckler is normally getting every year. Uh, my prediction, I think Joe Burrow cools down a bit, hopefully not a lot. 
because I need Jamar Chase to have another big week. But he cools down a bit, and Brian wins this one, keeping him tied for first place with Cade. Matchup number three, we've got the bottom guys in the league that battle the bottom. Uh, Dan at two and five versus Todd at two and five. So one of these guys is going to be squarely at the bottom of the league at two and six. And the other one is going to be three and five and, and just be a little bit closer to those those teams that are trying to make the playoffs. Uh, Todd's team's got solid pieces, just has struggled even when he has set his lineup. You know, they haven't had the touchdown upside. You know, Najee Harris, he's been a really disappointing pick. I know all about disappointing picks. I have Kyle Pitts on my team. But, you know, he just isn't – like last year he was getting so much work that even though the offense wasn't good, he was still getting PPR points, you know, getting points for all, all those receptions. But this year they're just not very good, and, and they don't target him as much. So he's been really disappointing. Dan's had some really good weeks, and like I said before, he's got the most points against him. So he has a team that can score. You know, he's had good weeks, and he gets Josh Allen back this week. Uh, how will Dan's team look, though, with that downgrade with David Montgomery instead of Brees Hall? You know, that'll be something that he won't – he just won't be able to count on that upside that Brees Hall had. But as a prediction, I've got to go with Dan. I think his team is probably better. Um, they've had good weeks. You know, Dan's had 150-point weeks this year. Uh, I just think that Todd's team isn't capable of that right now, or at least it hasn't showed that. Uh, so it's got to be Dan. I'm going with Dan here. Matchup number four, we've got Quinn versus Cade, the battle of the brothers. Um, not not a, quite our game of the week, uh, but but definitely a great matchup. You know, Quinn is four and three, Cade's five and two. So both these teams have winning records too. This could play a big, big factor into the end of year rankings, end of year standings. You know, if Quinn were to win this one, he's at five and three, and Cade's at five and three. So they're they're the same record here. Uh, at quarterback, the, these guys both have the potential to have big rushing games. Cade finally gets to play. Jalen Hurts, whom he traded for. He traded four guys for two guys, and he's going to be playing him this week. At running back, Cade's running backs kind of came down to earth. Not Ramondre Stevenson. He's had a good game, um, good, good like, four games. Um, but Leonard Fournette, you know, he struggled, and the whole Tampa Bay offense struggled, which certainly hurt him. And Quinn's running backs had really good weeks. They're going to need it again to win this week. At wide receiver, Cade's got Justin Jefferson back. I'm thankful I didn't have to play that guy last week. And uh, Quinn's guys just haven't really broken out yet this year. Uh, Cade's going to be able to play Miles Sanders too. I think he's got a little bit more pieces, and it'll be I'll be shocked if we see a poor performance from Mark Andrews like we did last week. Cade's got lots of guys on Thursday Night Football, so we're going to know after Thursday uh, how Cade's team is doing. My prediction, I'm going to go with Cade. I think having those guys back – off of by, he's going to have a big scoring output. Like I said before, Kate either has big games or games that are pretty low in terms of the where they rank in the CBL. So I got to think that Kate's going to have a big week this week. I pick Kate. All right, matchup number five is the game of the week. I've got my squad at three and four and Nate's squad at three and four. And, you know, projections-wise, this is close. Records-wise, three and four, we're right next to each other in the standings. I'm at seven. He's at eight. Luckily for us, there's a lot of season left. So us being in those spots, we could easily uh, be, you know, in a better position here in three or four weeks, or we could trend down. But there's no question that this week really matters because if I'm able to get a win or if he's able to get a win, we could be creeping up into that sixth place spot 
and uh, you know, just making those subtle moves. And and there are people at three and four ahead of us, John John Rabe, who could lose. You know, um, I don't think he will, but he could. But one of us could be tied four and four with some of those other guys. So it's a big week for us. You know, you typically don't see the game of the week coming from the bottom of the playoff picture, but here we are. Uh, so I'm going to go through it. You know, I'm I, I'm going to go through it here a little bit by a little bit. Could Kyler Murray? Have a good week, maybe once. Kyler Murray, maybe 30 points, maybe. Um, you know, he's got Kirk Cousins. So in the same game, we're gonna be looking at battle quarterbacks. We're gonna be watching that game in Minnesota intently, hoping we can come out on the better side of that. Running back, you know, Nate has got the better lineup, in my opinion. Christian McCaffrey got traded to the San Francisco 49ers right before I play him. That's a better offense, better coach. Uh, he's gonna get so many touches. I'm so nervous he's gonna have like 50 points this week. He probably will. Um, you know, he could totally get hurt, but he's probably going to have 50. And Travis Etienne just came off, you know, his best game of his NFL career. And they gave him all the work and traded uh, James Robinson away. So he is the guy that's a Denver – or not a Denver. That's first Denver. It's a London game. So we'll know early in the morning how he did. At running back, I've for me, I've got Alvin Kamara, who's still yet to score a touchdown. Maybe this is the week he does that. And I think I'm going to have to play Daryl Henderson in my RB2. Uh, Zeke, I, I'm going to play Ezekiel Elliott if he's healthy and playing, but he did have kind of a scary injury last week. He says he wants to play. If he's going to play, he's in for my lineup. He's going to be in that spot. A wide receiver, uh, we both got a Cincinnati Bengal in there, so who's going to have the better night? And we're going to be coming down to Monday night. Every pass Joe Burrow throws, we're going to be looking to see. I think that could be good for Nate. You know, if it's close, um, that could be something that Nate would want to see because – uh, they're playing Cleveland, who has good cornerbacks. Could they really work hard to take Jamar Chase away? Um, you know, if that if that's the case, T. Higgins could just get lots of targets, and uh, that could be the difference in the matchup. So hopefully going into that Monday night game, I'm up by a lot, but we'll see. At wide receiver two, he's got Mike Evans, who you know could have a big night um, any night. He could have had a huge week last week, dropped a 75-yard touchdown. So this is probably the week he goes off. We'll know Thursday night. He's playing Baltimore, who sucks on defense. And I'm going to have to probably play Chris Olave there in my wide receiver, wide receiver two spot with Mike Williams injured and on bye. He's had a really good year. You know, he's leading the team, like leading the NFL in air yards. And it doesn't really matter who's his quarterback. He's just showing up night in and night out, uh, hoping for a boom game from him. At tight end, he picked up – we're both struggling. I mean, these guys are both like – average at best uh, i'm playing a rookie tight end from denver named greg dulcich who's had two good weeks he's playing tyler higby who's gotten lots of targets um but the last time i played him he sucked so in the flex he's got jamal williams who struggled last week uh but i'm i think i'm confident he'll have a better week i'm playing gabe davis who i'm really hoping for that 30 point game from him you know not a not a 10 point game 30 points please um and then you know at I can't really talk kickers. I hate kickers. I wish we didn't have them. But defensively, the Dallas Cowboys defense is probably my most reliable fantasy player. So hopefully they can have a big week. Um, I, I just went through the whole matchup. And I haven't done that lately, but I, I wanted to do that because my game is in the game of the week, and that's pretty cool. Prediction, I've got this. I've got this. My prediction is that uh, I think I'm going to win. I hope I'm going to win. I think I'm going to win. Yeah, I think I can win. I think Alvin Kamara is going to have a big game. You know, he's had good 20-point outings the last two weeks. I think this could be a week where he blows up and has, like, a 40 spot. Um, and, and I'm going to need it to match up with Christian McCaffrey. So I'm going to win this one. The winner is me. 
All right, that does it for the week eight matchups. We're excited to you know, move to the second half of the season. Some things are going to start falling into place. Hopefully, we can, you know, the, these teams at the bottom can creep up into the playoff picture and make it interesting. You know, those guys at the top are just kind of separating themselves in terms of they're not losing two or three games in a row. They usually get one loss. They move forward. So some of us bottom teams, we got to we got to get a couple wins here if we want to make this interesting. But stay tuned for the episode next week, and we'll be able to tell you exactly what happened at week eight. Good luck, everybody. <laughs>